Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm Siobhan Booth and I am your host. This podcast is for anyone with an interest in mental health, overcoming anxiety and building confidence. So this week I'm going to have a bit of a chat about how adrenaline features in anxiety. So I've touched on this a little bit before in previous episodes. Um, In episode one, I talked about why we get anxiety and I touched a little bit then on some of the things that happen in the brain. So this episode is going to be a little bit more detail as to the actual role that adrenaline has in our anxiety response. Why it is we feel some of the things that we feel when we're going through a particularly anxious period. Now, it's the adrenaline that leads to the physical feelings that we get when we're having anxiety. And those physical feelings can be really severe and really quite scary. Certainly, if you've ever experienced a panic attack, it can be a really scary experience. And there are people who I have known in clinic who have, in fact, called paramedics, who have gone through quite extensive medical tests because they genuinely think that something's wrong with them. They think that they're having a heart attack or they think that they're developing asthma or something like that. So they can be really, really scary. And we can put a lot of these issues down to adrenaline. So as I've mentioned before, our brains evolved many, many years ago to keep us alive as much as possible. So we evolved in a time where we had to hunt for food, we lived outdoors, we were uh, interacting with animals that were around us and we developed this ability to be afraid of things, to keep us safe. Now when your brain perceives that threat, it activates the body's fight or flight system, which you may have heard of before. Essentially it prepares your body as quickly as possible to either run away or to fight the thing that it thinks is going to kill you. There is also freeze as well, but that doesn't always come out as often as you might think. So adrenaline is a key part of this fight or flight system. It's what tells the body to do certain things. So the uncomfortable feelings we have are because the adrenaline that is released when we perceive some sort of threat makes the body system speed up. It diverts blood towards the big muscles and prepares us to either attack, which if you've experienced nowadays can often result in anger, or escape, which is often what we associate anxiety with. So I'm gonna go through a few of the effects that anxiety have on your body so that you can see how it is that adrenaline actually changes the way your body functions. So one of the first things that can happen is that it makes our thoughts race. Everything speeds up so much that we start to think so much quicker. And what this does, unfortunately, is it makes it quite hard to think clearly and rationally. So some people in these situations feel like they're unreal or they're detached from the situation. This is often commonly associated with dissociative type issues where people completely shut down and no longer take in what's going on around them. But this making it difficult to think clearly and rationally can be really counterproductive because anxiety 
especially nowadays, is often because of a situation that isn't actually that scary. But we think it's scary. But the more we end up having an anxious response, the less capable we are of rationalising our way out of it. And this is because of the adrenaline that's being pumped through our body. We also get dizziness or lightheaded. This is often as a result of faster breathing. So you're no longer getting the oxygen that you need into the brain in order for it to do the things that it needs to do. And this can make us feel dizzy, lightheaded. This is quite a common symptom of anxiety. An interesting thing that, uh, that adrenaline does to our body when we're having an anxiety issue is it can cause our pupils to widen, which allows more light into our eye. And this can sometimes improve vision, so it can sometimes be useful, but it can also sometimes blur vision or it can make it a little bit less uh, reliable. So sometimes people who um, are going through a really anxious situation, they do notice that things become brighter um, or more blurred or they struggle a little bit to focus on things. That can be quite a common thing. So another one, uh, another effect of adrenaline on the body, which is particularly unhelpful if you ever do any public speaking. Um, and this is something that I used to have a real problem with when I did my first public speaking events, is that your mouth dries up. And this is actually as a result of narrowing of the blood vessels. But it makes your mouth really dry and it makes it really, really difficult to talk properly which is why it's such a difficult thing if you are doing public speaking. Another symptom that we have when the adrenaline is flooding our system because of anxiety is that we breathe really fast, but also very shallowly. This does help us take in more oxygen, but it can make us feel really quite weird. And some people experience a choking feeling. Um, it contributes towards the feeling of lightheadedness. Um, and can make things a little bit worse. So another aspect of anxiety, um, which is commonly linked to things like blushing as well, is that the body heats up and it actually can sweat sometimes. And this is just a side effect of all of the sped up systems in the body, creating more heat within you. And of course the sweating helps us cool down again and believe it or not, become more slippery to allow us to escape. We also find when we have lots of adrenaline going around our system that our heart can beat faster. Sometimes we get palpitations as well. This is because the blood pressure and the pulse rate increases as the heart's pumping more and more blood to the muscles. The idea being that more blood in the muscles gives us what we need to run away or attack. We also have issues with our stomach when we're having an adrenaline heavy anxiety episode. So most people find that their stomach churns, um, it can feel really uncomfortable. This is because the adrenaline actually reduces the blood flow to the muscles in the stomach and it also relaxes the smooth muscle in the intestines. This is because blood has been diverted to other more crucial areas such as the big muscles in your legs. This can cause nausea, butterflies, churning, it can be really uncomfortable. Another effect of this adrenaline is that your muscles tense up a lot. 
all of the energy and oxygen and blood is sent to the big muscles of the arms, of the legs, ready to fight or escape. Now, if you think about this potentially going on for a long time, if you've got generalised anxiety disorder and you think about the muscles being tense all of the time in the arms and the legs, this can end up causing quite a lot of aches and pains and quite a lot of stiffness. Another symptom that we often feel when we're feeling very anxious and that adrenaline has kicked in is that we can sometimes feel like our hands tingle or our legs start to tremble or sometimes you can feel like your legs are a bit wobbly. This is because when blood is diverted to the big muscles, the smaller blood vessels get smaller, they constrict. And this can cause tingling, trembling, sometimes numbness in the hands. One of the other issues that we often face as well, when we're having an anxiety uh, episode, which is characterised by a lot of adrenaline being there, is that often our bladder can relax. So we have different sphincter muscles that stop us from urinating and the inner sphincter muscles relax during this process. Now, the outer one generally remains under conscious control. So we usually are capable of stopping ourselves, but the urge is still there and the uncomfortable feeling is still there. In really severe terror situations, it might actually be that that conscious control is no longer there. So somebody may, in fact, actually wet themselves. Now, these are all really natural symptoms of anxiety. They're caused by the adrenaline, which is a neurotransmitter, being released by the adrenal glands and causing all of these different things to happen inside your body. Now, the challenge is that these adrenaline responses occur when we're scared of things. So when we're thinking about anxiety, when we're thinking about how to overcome anxiety, how to help these symptoms and calm them all down, we have to think about the things that cause your anxiety and consider how dangerous they really are. The challenge that we have now is that our conscious brain is very capable, but sometimes it goes a bit wrong. And it's our perception of a danger that causes our bodies to react in this drastic way. So the question becomes, if we're in these situations now, um, such as public speaking, for example, which aren't actually that dangerous in terms of a life or death situation, then what is it that makes us react in such a strong way? Why is it that we have these responses, even though realistically we know we're not going to die in this situation? It's because of the way we think about those situations. It's the thoughts about that situation that triggers it. And this is why cognitive behavioural therapy combined with hypnosis can be such a good way of working with anxiety. Because the first thing we would look at doing is how do we challenge those thoughts that you're having? These negative thoughts that are causing the anxiety to start in the first place are what we call cognitive distortions. Now, a cognitive distortion is just a fancy way of describing a thought that is not beneficial to you in some way. And we hold them responsible for the anxiety symptoms that you experience. So these have been developed by psychologists, firstly by Aaron Beck in 1976. And then in the 1980s, it was kind of structured a bit more by David Burns, who put examples of these distortions into sections with common names. 
So what we can learn to do is we can learn to recognise what type of cognitive distortion we're having that's setting off our anxiety. And with practice, each of these distortions can be challenged. So to give you an example of a few cognitive distortions, a really common one is what if. And people go wild with what ifs. There's, there's no end to our imagination when we're thinking what if. So using the example of the public speaking, a what if could be, what if I forget what I'm talking about? What if people think I'm stupid? What if I can't remember what I'm supposed to talk about? There's loads of different examples. Another example of a cognitive distortion is somebody who catastrophizes. So somebody who catastrophizes expects the worst thing to happen. The what if questions start it, but then they get bigger and bigger and bigger until that person genuinely thinks that something is going to go terribly wrong. So a person who's catastrophizing about a public speaking opportunity will start to think, well, I'm just going to forget everything. I'm going to talk rubbish. Nobody's going to understand a word I'm saying. I'm not even going to be able to speak. Those are the kind of negative thoughts that somebody who is scared of public speaking, which is a very, very common fear, might have. Now, there are lots of different types of cognitive distortion. Those are just a couple of examples. But the key thing when we're talking about an anxiety and adrenaline response is to firstly start to be aware of those thoughts. Make sure you know that you're actually having them. Then to start challenging them. Then replace them with more positive versions, which aren't necessarily the opposite. And then to start training yourself to be more confident and calm in those situations. Now, one of the reasons I love working with hypnosis is we can, we can literally teach people how to calm themselves, which is a really valuable thing. If you want to find out more about cognitive distortions, head over to my website, which is www.anxietyandthenumber2confidence.com, so anxiety2confidence.com, where you can download your very own list of cognitive distortions and you can find out which negative thoughts are actually holding you back. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. You can find more information and my extensive blog at www.anxiety2confidence.com. That's the number two, anxiety2confidence.com.